On this podcast, we discuss real-life experiences with teens and adults right here in Santa Barbara. The knowledge we gain and share from these talks are an aim to help young men and women build a solid foundation of confidence. Between 13 and 16, you were trying to balance running the streets and uh, and working, making money. Mm-hmm. So at 13, that's that's a pretty young age mm-hmm. to already be working. So what were you what were you doing to earn money at that time? At that time, <clears throat> well, you yourself had the office furniture installation company. Mm-hmm. So I was going to school about 13, junior high. I was going to school, and then from when I got out of school, I'd I'd uh, get picked up, and then I'd have I'd have my clothes there. So if you guys were doing a later job, then I'd go help you out for the rest of the evening. Or if you guys had weekend jobs, I was there working also. And at 13, do you think you were really putting in work? Or was Big Brother just being nice to you and saying, hey, come in and you know move these boxes over mm-hmm. here? Can you remember back then mm-hmm. what you were doing? Yeah, at that time, wow, I was the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, I mean, to me, I thought I was going there and doing work. You yeah. know? So I'm not sure exactly what everyone else's thought process was. Maybe, hey, this kid showing up here and getting in everyone's way maybe maybe not but i know uh yeah that's what i was doing is pushing boxes moving trash uh basically cleaning up the work space because it was towards the end of the day so i was loading up all the trash from the job site into the truck so at that time you do you remember on the crew was it other teenagers on the crew were they oh no it was all all adults all adults um you know, most of them were early 20s up to grown men, uh-huh. 50s, whatever it was. Now, I know in this particular instance, it was, you know, it was my company. So, of course, your family, you're going to come and work. You're going to learn. You're going to learn a trade, but you're also going to learn how to earn as Correct. well. But other people on the crew they could not accept that you know it could be very well for them to be like oh this kid like you said he's getting in my way or he's taking hours from me and because he's the little brother Mm -hmm. so how important do you think it was for you to go in there and and work and was that your mindset like I'm going in to just to prove something or was it I'm going in because I want to make some money and make a little paycheck Mm, I think it was a little bit of both because I think at that particular time, I wanted to make money. I was, I wanted to make money because. Mm, and this is at thirteen. This was at thirteen years. So ago. how, where do you think that came from? Just kind of, uh, more family values. I mean, the way we were raised and brought up. My mom always hustled. You know, whether she was working out at a job site or she was babysitting she was always hustling dad was always hustling from before I can even remember Um, and I know just our our living we were always well taken care of but I know things were extremely tight so to know that they were on the grind uh, and me having the opportunity to be able to do the same thing and not so much that I had to work to provide for them, but more to provide for myself. So I wanted to kind of take that off of their plate of having to ask them for money for me to do whatever activities I wanted to do. 
that's kind of the mindset I had going into into working. So it was less for them out of pocket because you were able to have money to either buy yourself some shoes, buy yourself clothes, or if you want to just go out and hang out with friends. Exactly. And through 13, 14, you, you've, you owe, have you always kept the job working? Yeah. Because that's a young age to always be working. You don't see that very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. From 13, I worked. Yeah, I was doing, again, going to school and then working office furniture installation all the way through, I mean, till this current day, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, from there, I got into, I got tired of that. Again, a lot of that had to do with um, dealing with the older crowd on the crew. None of them really respected that I was there to work. It was more... I was taking hours from them because I was just family and I was given the hours, but I really think that I was putting in work to actually show that I was worth those hours, you know? Um, But to kind of get out of all of that, I decided, okay, well, I'm going to get into some telemarketing. So then I got into telemarketing for a little bit. That was something I really hated. I didn't like, I didn't like having to call and, and basically harass people for things that I didn't even believe in. So then from there... Uh, you know, that was about 14. Um, then I went back to working for Regalado Office Furniture. And, but telemarketing, that wasn't family, right? No. The reason why I'm asking is because although there may be a lot of kids out there who want to work, they may not have that same opportunity where their family owns businesses where they can go in and work. Yeah. So tell us how, how did you end up getting that telemarketing job as a 14-year-old with the company that's not owned by family, how did you acquire that? So, I had met um, a gentleman through the Friday Night Softball uh-huh. League that our family was on. Well, he was in telemarketing at that particular company. Yeah, me being a young kid, um, to kind of to go in there um, at that age and, and get hired for something like that. I mean, I guess I had to have known somebody because that's he helped me get in there. Um, he let them know my work ethic at such a young age. How did he know about your work ethic though? Because he he also worked for uh, office furniture installation, so he did a little bit of work for for your company as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he kind of just jumped around here and there. Um, so me just going to work there, he's seen, you know, my grind from school to work and then home at such a young, young age. So, um, so that's key right there is you were in an environment with, with what you're saying is people weren't always happy to have you there, mm-hmm. yet you grinded, you grind, you didn't let that affect you. Correct. And because you kind of shut that out you were able to impress somebody Mm -hmm. not even caring you weren't trying to impress this one certain person but because you said well i'm not going to be liked i'm not going to be liked. i'm here to work and to to earn that they seen it and it led somewhere positive for you exactly so how important is that lesson for anybody to know is to like grind when nobody's watching it's 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 extremely important. Just like they say, you know, if you're going to flip burgers, be the best damn burger flipper there could be. It doesn't matter what you're doing. 
if you're going to do it, do it to your best ability. Because, again, you never know who's watching, and you never know where that's going to lead you to. So I'm going to play devil's advocate because I know when we're talking to teens, they're, because we're, we're adults, their first thing is to disagree. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do that with you when it comes to this. Why, why flipping burgers if I'm at a McDonald's and I'm getting paid crap and my manager doesn't even care? Why, why should I take pride in, in flipping burgers when I don't even want to be there? I'm just there for the check. Correct. So first of all, my thought on that is if you really hate flipping burgers, then don't go apply for flipping burgers. Apply for something that you're at least somewhat interested in at that time, at that particular time. Even though maybe that's not what you want to do, but you want to make some cash. Take the route of finding something that sparks your interest. And do it to the best of your ability because you never know. So if you are flipping burgers, you never know if whoever's coming through that drive-through, your customer service that you're providing that individual who just went to go get a burger, you never know what they're actually, what business they're running, what they have their hands into. Um, you don't know any of that. So if they see a crappy work ethic from you, yeah, you're probably going to stand out to them but in a negative way but if you have a positive mindset and just positive all the way around and you're at work how do you know that individual does not is not interested now in in you you mm-hmm. know what i mean maybe it's a multi-million dollar company they're running and they're looking for like-minded people with positive mindsets where they could say damn that kid flip burgers like a champ correct I can just imagine what he could do, you know, for for our for our company. Exactly. With some more pay and with some more structure, this kid's probably gonna excel to be something great. You never know. And it's just repetition, doing it over and over, anyways, right? That's all like it is. If if you hold yourself up to a certain level, you don't really need anybody else to to pat you on the back you got to do it for yourself for yourself because hopefully whoever you're working around you're going to surpass them anyway correct you don't want to just work to just to get you know on their level no definitely not especially in that depending on the environment you're in exactly right so after telemarketing did that work out for you no 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 definitely not i didn't like it so between labor and telemarketing, you kind of show you you would choose labor at that time. <clears throat> at that time, yeah. And did so? Did you just go back to to the office furniture installation, or from telemarketing did you go somewhere else after? No, well, telemarketing. I went back to um, <coughs> excuse me to the office furniture <clears throat> and school. Well, that's what I was doing. Um, and at school, we're talking about high school. High so, school. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now high school because it was junior high. Then I worked all through the summer. Um, I did the telemarketing and the office furniture. And then, yeah, high school <clears throat> came about. And I was in high school, freshman. Uh, what are you, 14, 15 years old then? Yeah, yeah freshman. Mm-hmm. So I did uh, office furniture along with, along with going to school. And between that time, you, you kind of always did school, work, Obviously, you had a personal life mm-hmm. as well. 
<laughs> and within that personal life of yours, you ended up getting your wife now mm-hmm. pregnant. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about that because you're fit. This happened at 15 mm-hmm. years old. So, you know, and, and I, I know you, you've always been, when it comes to work, it's coming to work. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to play, you like to play mm-hmm. and you go hard both ways. Correct. So I know damn well you're not out there trying to have a, a baby. It's very mm-hmm. rare that that happens at that age, period. Mm-hmm. But it, it happens. Mm-hmm. And so at 15 years old, what, what the hell are you thinking when you, when you found out? And how did you find out about that you were now yeah. going to be a dad? Um, well, what was I thinking at that time? Um, yeah, I was working and going to school and I had just met a whole bunch of new people because now you're in high school, you know, so meeting new people, starting to go out a lot more again, still a student, but still maintaining my work again, like you pointed out, I... If I'm doing it, I'm going all in, <laughs> you know, whether it's work, school or partying. Mm-hmm. And, and I was doing all of that. And I met Samantha, my wife now, at that early age of 15 years old, um, partying, having a good time. And, and yeah, it came about uh, that time of she hit me with, uh, you know, hey, I'm, I'm pregnant and what are we going to do, you know? So, but leading up to that point, you're, like we touched base, you weren't obviously trying to have a kid. Yeah. But you had been sexually active already for, what, a couple years? Yeah, a few years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we started pretty young yeah. back, back then. <laughs> so, what, what do you think happened? Because I want, you know, I want the teenage, I want these teenagers to know, was it, condoms you were relying on was it the pill you were relying on because at, I know at that age sometimes you let the the hormones take over and if you don't you don't really care too much if you got the right protection correct and that's what it was let the hormones completely take over to, to be all honest with you there was no really condoms involved there was no uh there was no um, birth control. It was kind of the old pull-out method, you know, and and kind of try to play it safe that way. And <clears throat> I was young. So I was pulling out doesn't work or does work? It doesn't work. Fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> um, was that your method before and you had just got lucky? Yeah, it was just exactly right. And, I mean, if you were lucky... Either that, or, or either that or you're so young you're shooting blanks at yeah, the Yeah, maybe, you know, so damn young I didn't even produce yet, you know. Um, but really, you kind of relied on the girl being on birth control and just hoping for the best. And, and if she says it, you're like, oh, that's good enough that's for me. good enough for me. Mm-hmm. It's a stupid mentality yeah. at that time, you know. Um, that's really where I was. So that that happens... She breaks it to you that you're now both going to be parents. Mm-hmm. 
Now I think the next big step, the Bex, excuse me, the next big step in that is coming out to your parents mm-hmm. about. So tell us how you went about that. Um, uh, I remember being extremely nervous, being very, very. Ner- I I know even when she hit me with that. Um, I didn't even know how to react. I didn't know how to react. I, I was shook myself and I basically told her, Hey, I think we need a break. You know, (laughs) we need a break at this time. And and not, and again, I wasn't trying to be, my intentions weren't to be an asshole, but I thought, damn, I'm in, just got into high school. I'm, I'm, literally just getting started on on going out and enjoying myself um and and I just felt I wasn't ready to settle down funny as it sounds yeah I did it all the complete opposite and backwards um but yeah, when she hit me with that, I, my first reaction was, "I need to get, a, I need to get out of this." You know, um, obviously we we <laughs> knew, yeah, we knew at that time. Like it's something you can get out of. Yeah, and and we knew at that time we were keeping it. We were gonna make things work. So I had to tell my parents. I had to tell them. I broke it to them. Um, you know, they were extremely upset because they were. They always pushed the issue. Of, Protection, protection, protection. Don't have kids young. We had kids young. Not to mention your brother already had like three or four yeah, kids. Yeah, exactly. At that time. You know, a baby making machine. You know, and uh, yeah. So I broke it to them, and I knew obviously it was gonna come. So I had to let them know uh, they weren't happy. They weren't happy at all. But it was my responsibility uh, all the way around. Okay, so you accept that you're gonna be a dad. You've or, you broke it to mom and dad. And at this point, you're saying that you're kind of pushing Samantha away, mm-hmm. saying, hey, we need to take a break. Mm-hmm. How did she take that? She hated, she hated me. <laughs> she thought I was the biggest asshole ever, and I didn't blame her. I didn't blame her at all, <clears throat> you know. Um, yeah, I know. Who does that? <laughs> right? But at that age, at 15 years old, I'm scared. You know, I'm scared. And I know I felt I was just getting my life started, um, just meeting new people. Um, she was amazing. She is amazing. I knew that I wanted to be with her. But I also knew that I hadn't really experienced life very much in order to to settle down right then and there with her so I, I I needed to live life I needed to live life and experience a little bit more before I made that huge commitment so at 15 your thought process was I I do want my family and I do want this to happen I want us to be together but I need to get some things out of my system before correct and the logical thing for you to do at the time was to say hey well let's take a break be completely honest with her and 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 I let her know that I I feel like I still need to experience a lot more before I actually settle down with you 
but you are the one that I want to settle down with. So did that break ever happen? Yeah, it happened. It happened um, basically halfway through, more than halfway through the pregnancy, um, all the way through um, my daughter being born. Uh, when my daughter was born, we were a lot more, we kind of got past all of that and talking a lot more on better terms and great relationship seeing each other more often um, we were able to work through that and so when my daughter was born we were on good terms now what do you think the the method to that was I mean it's hard to for adults alone to stay together marriages are you know the divorce rate for marriages is crazy mm-hmm. And it definitely doesn't matter if you have kids with somebody that it's pretty rare when you meet um, a kid and you ask them, you know, if their parents are still together, that's usually not the case. Correct. So what, what was it that you guys did differently, especially at that young age to, to make it work? Um, I think it was just being completely honest, Uh, even though it was brutal and it it hurt. uh, I think it was my honesty with her as far as me letting her know I do see you as my my lifelong partner but I need to get things out of my system in order for that to happen um, so as much as she hated me I think she's seen the bigger picture and when we did work things out and we were able to to get back together um, <clears throat> kind of just made us that much stronger Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Uh, I know what you mean because what you kind of took the opposite approach to where most teens and most males period would actually tell the tell their girl what they want to hear exactly right but then do something completely the opposite Mm -hmm. behind their back correct to whereas if you took the what you know what she would have called the asshole approach Mm -hmm. And was straight up with her and let her know what your intentions were and what your wants and needs were. And because of that, maybe, yeah, you were, you because I mean, that was an asshole thing to do. Correct. But at least she knew that she could, when you said something, she could trust you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's so important for any working relationship to go. So, I mean, you're touching base on it. That's telling me that's kind of what has helped your relationship still to this day keep going strong is brutal honesty. Correct. Correct. And you touch base that went all the way through when you're, when Elena was born, your mm-hmm. daughter, my goddaughter. So when she was born, how long did you guys stay separated before you said, "Hey, let's let's get our family together and let's make it work"? Mm, I'd say it had to have been a couple months. It was a couple months because when she was born, Samantha was living at her grandmother's house, and I remember I'd go stay the night here and there, and then I'd come home, and and that's kind of when we started to work things out a little bit. So I'd have to say. She was a couple months old that we said, hey, okay, let's 
let's let's get um let's work this out you know and we worked it out and then samantha and elena ended up moving in with me at my parents house and that was at you know we were 16 at that time 16 and through all this whole time you've always did your best to earn a living to was it now at that time just to support yourself or did you start as soon as you could start supporting you know your the mother of your children mm-hmm. and your daughter correct that's what I was doing now I was working for not only myself but for my my family my small family I've created so my wife was also working she was working um, we were both working so although you said you wanted to do your own thing you didn't want to be together you still put your family you still were going to take care of your family correct correct um, that was more of the fact of when my daughter was born again it wasn't I was young so when I broke that off I I broke it off from her I wasn't supporting her I wasn't doing anything not I no doctor visits, no... I was I was at the doctor mm-hmm. visits. I would... I definitely made it a point to go to the doctor It was more as a teammate. As a teammate, yeah. yeah. And there for that support. And then I'd go out my separate ways from there. I'd meet her at the doctor visits, you know. Um, I supported her in every way, all the way through there. Anything that she um, had to do with the baby, I was there and I, I helped her out. But anything that had to do with her personally, I was not a part of. So you guys, now, Elena's a few months old, you guys decide you're going to make this thing work, Mm -hmm. she moves in with the family, now that you guys are living together, what, what big changes happen then? As far as? As far as your daily schedule, now what are you doing, are you still going to school? Yeah, um, 16 years old, now I was going to school, um. I built some pretty good relationships with with teachers kind of growing up. Um, I've always hung out with an older crowd, so I think I kind of mingled a little bit better with with the older crowd, especially when it came to teachers that were cool. Um, So I was able to get out of class basically shortly after lunch, Mm -hmm. and that gave me the opportunity. They knew that I had a kid, and they knew my mindset was a lot different then other teens that were so it wasn't because you were like a straight a oh, no. student no definitely 4. not 4.0 and i was having a lot of people do my homework for me <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, I don't, but yeah. that that i'd like to stay there for a little bit because i really want to get the message across of how important is it to build relationships because mm-hmm. most of the time you're talking about your you know you're between 15 and, and 18 at high school that you're you're building these relationships with with teachers, correct? And then I know from from back then you also were building them with security guards, correct? As well, to where it seems like the automatic response from teenagers to teachers and vice versa, teachers and security guards to teenagers is like they're enemies. Mm-hmm. But if you would have took that route, especially if you're not if if you're not doing academically well, correct. That could have been, it could have been a whole different story for you. It would have made everything so much harder for me. So, why? 
how did you know or did you know that that was important or was it kind of just something that happened that you started building these relationships? I knew that building relationships were were great to do just at a young age. I knew that. How? Again, it's the way I was brought up, just that my family values. You, you, we'd go out to places and either my dad knew somebody, my mom knew somebody, along with yourself, you know, with coming up with work and starting so young. Everyone always knew somebody, different places we went, and I seen how many doors it opened up, you know, for not only my parents or my siblings, but for all of us. So I knew that building that was very important, and not only for myself and my family, but also for for those individuals that, that I was mingling with, even though they were adults. But we all grow up sometime, so I know that I was going to add value to them some way, somehow. And when you started to build these relationships, was it only with the teachers and the security guards that approached you a certain way? Or were there some that may have came off as a jerk or asshole to you, but you said, hey, I'm a, it's important for me to build a relationship, so I'm going to do whatever I can to either ignore it or work with their attitude? Was it that way or... Oh yeah, it was that way. It was that way, definitely. Um, it wasn't just to the people who were nice no, to you. No, definitely not. And you know, there you don't, you can't please everybody. So if, and you never know who's having a good day and who's having a bad day. So, I try to build relationships with with everybody who I seen on a daily basis. I was seeing these people every day, for hours upon hours a day. Um, for what four years you know so it's better to build a positive relationship than a negative relationship but I didn't I didn't build that with everybody there was ones that just didn't care for me at all from the way I dressed the way I things I did who I hung out with they stereotyped me instead of really getting to know who I was as an individual and I shied away from those people. Once, once they put me in that category, I really didn't, I didn't have anything to do with them. And I didn't try to make their life harder as long as they didn't try to make my life harder. You know, I, I put my energy into the ones that were more positive and, and understood who I was as a young kid slash parent growing up. So say... Say a, a teen's listening to this right now and they're in high school and they want to start building relationships with the security guards, with the teachers, mm-hmm. the principals, the coaches, whoever it may be. But in the past, they've had a little rocky relationship mm-hmm. with them to where now, now they can't just start fresh and with a nice introduction mm-hmm. and give a good first impression. So what are three tips that you could give them that you used when you necessarily didn't have a good relationship with somebody, but it was in your best interest to make it that way? Um, I mean, it's, it's really as one, as simple as, uh, hey, how's your day going? You know, you, security guards are strolling through the hallways just like you are, right? Um, teachers are waiting in the classroom for you to enter that classroom. So when you walk in, it's, it's simple to say, Hey, how was your weekend? Or hey, how's your day going? You know, um, that's one. 
Two is to, if you're not the best student in the class or you're struggling, whatever the case is, instead of being the, the class clown or making things harder for the teacher, keep to yourself. Keep to yourself and, and let that class, um, let them teach the class and do their thing and, and you do yours, basically, you know? Um, and third, I'd say, uh, just respect, just be respectful. Um, whatever that, whatever that means, you know, whether it means don't, um, not speaking to them, maybe speaking to them, um, well, simple manners, right? Simple Please, manners, thank right? you. Exactly. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So to recap is like one, make the first move. Correct. Ask them how their day was or how their weekend was. Be the first to mm-hmm. approach them. Yeah. Two was if you aren't comfortable with that, at the very least, don't be a nuisance. Correct. Keep to yourself get your work done don't make their job any harder than it already is Mm -hmm. and then the third one would be uh, what was the third one again just respectful oh respectful correct so the simple manners that we went over Mm -hmm. on that is just to simply be respectful and I think that one alone amongst the ocean of high school students will make one of the best impressions Correct. right there so high school are you now on track to graduate high school after all this time now that Samantha's moved in you have Elena living in there you're still working making a living are you on a pretty simple track to graduation at that time yeah I was still on track Still, still doing my thing. And then you went above and beyond a little bit to where either they reached out to you or you reached out to them, but you got involved with the program. Mm-hmm. And that program helped you kind of pick a career and help facilitate you going towards that career. Correct. So can you tell us a little bit about that program? Yeah, again, that, um, that was, came about, they reached out to me. That came about from I guess one of my teachers had reached out to them to let them know hey you know what this guy is he he comes here he's full-time student from here he walks to work goes to work he has a kid and a girlfriend um this kid's doing his thing you know that that's um that's how they seen me so they would always talk to me about what are you doing after high school, and I was like, oh, I don't know. No. Are you going to college? No, I'm not. I'm done. I don't want to go to school. You know, I don't. I'm not a big fan of school. I'll figure it out. You know, um, in the meantime, I'll either do some construction, some uh, office furniture. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just really didn't know what I had in mind. So they went to the career center and spoke to um, a couple ladies down there, and they reached out to me. I remember, I got a call in there um one of the passes came in and they called me in there went in there and chopped it up with them and they said we really want to help you accomplish whatever it is you want to accomplish but we need you to let us know what it, what your interest was and at that time 
I had no idea. And they said, well, you're graduating in about three months, so we'll give you some time to think about it. But know that we're here to help support you, and whatever it is that you want to do, we'll pay for all of it. I said, well, okay, uh, I'll think about it. So you didn't go looking for this program. It was your work ethic. Correct. That somebody seen. Correct. And said, they probably didn't even know what your grades were at the time. They just said, damn, this kid has a solid work ethic. I need to, I need to help him in some way mm-hmm. because he's going to do something. Correct. So they, they help you. They hook you up. You choose barbering. Mm-hmm. And they send you out. They, they pay for everything, tuition, the tools of the trade. And then you end up moving to Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. To go to college barbers college there mm-hmm. how long was that for i was 11 months i was there i moved out there for a year uh the course was 11 months they did everything they did everything all i needed to do was find out what i needed to do or what i wanted to do who my contact was and supply my barber contact to them and from that point they set everything all up payment i didn't have to do anything they set up payments they set up everything called me in and said Richard you're good to go here here's your package as soon as you graduate you graduate in um, June you move out there and you start your course in August I mean that's so that's just to hear that I mean that's such an awesome program that there is and you you would have had no idea that it existed never fortunately enough you had the work ethic that somebody noticed and, and put you on it. Mm-hmm. But I can't imagine that's the only awesome program that these schools around have. Correct. So it's important that you go ask, right? Yeah. If you have like any interest in anything, go ask about it. Yeah. There's, you know, now that we've started our program, Solid Foundation. You know, we've had such a big network within corporations mm-hmm. and business because of our, our, our office furniture business. Now we're meeting like whole new different network of people yeah. just because we've simply are now spreading the word and asking. So you have to go and take initiative because not everyone's going to have the work ethic like you. I mean, I, our aim is to instill that. Mm-hmm. We want to teach that work ethic. Because you're here telling us all the benefits of it right now and how important it is. So, you know, get out there and ask your schools or any programs you're a part of, of any special interest you have, go and ask. So Barber College, one, another special thing about Barber College for you is you moved out to Bakersfield by yourself at the age of, what age is this now? 18. So I moved out when I was, I moved out to Bakersfield when I was 18 years old, solo, by myself. My girlfriend, Samantha, was, at the time, was finishing up beauty school. We had our daughter. They were living at my house. I'd come down on the weekends to visit with them and then um, shoot back up. I was, the course was 11 months. I ended up finishing my course in I believe it was nine months um, I was doing 10 hour days so I was the first one there and I was the last one to leave um, by the last two months of 
my program at that school, I wasn't even cutting hair anymore. I was now managing the entire the entire school. That's what I was doing. I was they can they call it a black smock. Mm-hmm. So everyone there is in a tan smock. Those are all the barbers, women and and men. Um, and then there was the black smock who was a manager. That's that was what the customers knew to go to if they needed any direction. Well, that's what I graduated from my class being was a black smock. Um, I was handing out all the haircuts. I knew who was capable of doing what. Um, I was managing all the money. I was managing all the problems. I was doing all the books. I was doing all the ordering. Uh, you never really seen the main instructor unless there was a real big issue, but I, he let me run everything. Um, and again, I finished my course in, in nine months. So what formula did you use when you entered in Barber College to not only finish it early, mm-hmm. but to end up running the show? Mm-hmm. As far as it was my work ethic, it was showing up. First one, I wanted it. I was there. These people believed in me more than I believed in myself at, at in high school. So they seen potential in me before I even seen it. And to know that they put me all through this program on top of my parents paying for me to live out there. And I know I had mentioned to you that my parents paid for my rent. And if I wanted cable, you know, my bills and all those things, I was hustling. I was selling stuff on Craigslist. That's what I was doing. I picked stuff up off the side of the road on my ways back and forth. And I'd either fix it up and then I'd sell it. That's how I was making my money. Which anyone can do Anybody at can any do point in time. All the time. All the time. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's what I was doing. And, and I knew that I had so many people who believed in me. I needed to hustle. I needed to, This is what I wanted to do. And it's all being funded. I'm grinding. All you got to do is work. All I got to do is work. And I was loving it, loving it, meeting people from all over because that was the number one barber college at that time. Um, I was just grinding, 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 grinding. And I built one of the best relationships with the owner of that business. I mean, he called me, it was me and two other guys from Santa Barbara. He was in love with Santa Barbara. You know, Bakersfield's a lot mm-hmm. different than Santa Barbara. Yeah. So he called us the Coast Boys, you know. And uh, again, I built relationships with him that I had the upper hand over there, you know. It was, but it was all due to my work ethic. That's, that's what it all came back down to. And you went from, you started early, you started early at Office Furniture because our family's been involved with Office mm-hmm. Furniture here in Santa Barbara for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And then I know you worked movie theaters, mm-hmm. you did home improvement, mm-hmm. you mentioned you did um, telemarketing, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden you're, you're picking up barbering, because mm-hmm. I know at the time mom had started her salon mm-hmm. on the Mesa, mm-hmm. and she had fitness cosmetology, and you knew, hey, you could come and help, you had a place to work, and, and you, you could help the family build that Correct. business. You come back, you graduate, you you move back to Santa Barbara, you start barbering, and you don't only just go to barber at mom's shop. Mm-hmm. Something in you says, oh, you know, that's not enough. I want, I want more. Mm-hmm. So you ended up 
barbering at classic barbers as well on right. the weekends mm-hmm. because your 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 grind is just non-stop non-stop mm-hmm. and, and to me you've proven to yourself over and over well, all i gotta do is work yeah if i work hard enough and i put the effort in the opportunities are just gonna keep flowing correct and to this day can you say that's still the case for you yeah most definitely the whole reason why i went to that classic barber shop was because i knew my mom had it's your mom, you know, that she wants to support you as much as possible. I already had it made there before I even had a license, right? Well, I wanted to see what I was capable of doing out on my own with with the certificate that I that I I built. I I um You earned it. I earned it. So I wanted to see well what is it like to go out there and now hunt for a job. You know, so I was working with my my mom shop full time. And then looking for other shops that I wanted to work. I found one. George owns Classic Barbershop. Awesome guy. Hit it off with him. He was like, dude, you remind me a lot of me at that age. You're grinding. You're gr- Hell yeah, here's a chair, man. This is how we run it here. I need you here at 7 o'clock in the morning, every morning, till these hours. And then from there, then I went back to my mom's shop. So I was working both of them at the same time. And at that time right there... You still messing around with office furniture? You can't oh, yeah, get, still, still doing <laughs> you that. You can't get rid of that. I couldn't huh? get out of it. So that goes for up to about what age? The whole barbering thing where you were going, where you were going at it. That was your kind of full time gig. That was up into I'd say it was probably about so about twenty twenty two twenty three. About twenty two twenty three, and then you. What was it? Did you start to lose interest on it? Or was it just not that much business to where you kind of came back to office furniture full time? Mm, it was more of a, I lost the passion for it. I, I, I lost passion for actually what I was actually doing. What I gained passion for was working with and meeting new people. Mm-hmm. I was building relationships with so many different people. I had clients even from New York coming in for work but they'd come and see me for a haircut how hard was it for you to cut that tie though like you said you in high school is when you said hey i want to be a barber Mm -hmm. i got this other experience other places cool it it allowed me to show what i got but i want to do barbering Mm -hmm. and then you got your parents funding it you got a school program funding it you spent a year almost a year of your life over there earning that certificate now you come back and you're like well I don't really like it that much. How tough was it for you to say, well, I don't like it that much. I'm going to leave it alone. It wasn't tough for me at all. But most people wouldn't feel that way, right? They'd yes. say, I invested all this. I can't mm-hmm. leave it behind. So why why not you? It wasn't tough for me because I knew me getting up every day and doing something that I hated. What would, who benefited from that? Not me, not my family. Definitely not my clients. I wasn't going to cut them to the best of my ability because I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to do it. So it was a lot easier for me to understand that than make myself feel that I'm letting all these people down. Or I wasted wasted my own time. I wasted my own time, money. Uh, I, I seen it as an investment because... It built so much confidence in me as an individual to 
to meet all these new people and build these relationships with more people. Um, I was dealing with people on a day-to-day basis. I mean, you're almost like a therapist for these individuals. Some of them didn't even need haircuts, but they'd come in and still see you just because they want to express themselves to you and they know that you're there to listen. You know, that built a lot of confidence in, in me. Um, and that's it. I didn't see it as letting anyone down. I seen it as just another chapter opening up for me. Um, I still cut hair to, till this day, you know. I'm now going on 12 years. I have clients that I've had from day one. For 12 years, I still cut them. I always make time for those day ones, always. And now you can do it with the passion that you still had rather Loving than beating it. a dead cat. Exactly. And just kind of blocking them out while they're spilling out their feelings to you exactly. but you as a person you wouldn't have felt right doing that no. but more importantly you, with your mindset you don't see it as a failure as a setback as, as a waste of time you said you see it as another chapter Correct. Ooh, you know what I'm glad that I did that barbering thing because I really thought I wanted it but now that I did it cool I like it but not like I thought I would Correct. so now I could scratch that off and now I can go on to the next thing exactly except for the next thing didn't happen yet because you went right back to old faithful <laughs> <laughs> exactly right so I know you know if you started working with with us and you're you're around the 15 16 area that probably would have made me about 20 so at the time the business is probably only two years old mm-hmm. But it wasn't just your little brother, I'm going to give you these opportunities. Every step of the way, you you had earned it. Correct. This time around, when you came back, and you're 22, 23, you're now running crews for us. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that had a whole lot to do with how you build relationships with mm-hmm. people, with clients and, and the employees. But it doesn't take too long from that point to where that feeling starts setting in, like what it did with barbering, mm-hmm. where you're like, damn, this shit, this, this ain't for me, man. Mm-hmm. And I remember clearly that day you, you saying, it's just, I, well, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. Not like this anyways. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit of what was going through your mind when it came to that point. Mm-hmm.